Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. Pre welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Join us by filling out the form on our website. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey everybody, it's Tuesday the 7th of February. I'm going to share with you a presentation that I gave on Saturday, uh, this last Saturday, at the Western Liberty Network 13th Annual Conference. And we also had a lot of attendees from Washington State as well. And they are one of the organizations that we partner with. We love doing that. We have partnered with them in the trainings that we are placing on our website. Because we understand one thing, and that is that parents today have very little free time. They have a big job to do, and that's raise their children and uh, stay economically sound. In other words, pay their bills, which means that in many cases, mom and dad both work. And they are so busy doing all of those things, and now they have to deal with the situation in the public school system, and they're just at their wit's end. So we are now placing, right now, two tracks on our new website. Our new website is parentsrightsineducation.com. That's parentsrightsineducation.com. And I want you to go to that site and take the courses that we have there. Please uh, let us know what you think about them. Take those courses. There are about 20 individual courses. We have two tracks. Uh, one is how to testify at a school board meeting, basically at any meeting, how to testify, how to prepare, etc. And the second one is how to run for school board. Those are pretty exciting, mainly because anybody can access them. Guys, you can put your kids to bed and then go and take a few courses on the online portal on our website. It's on demand online. So back to my presentation. Part of the presentation was inspired by a couple of situations that happened recently in Oregon um, having to do with uh, lawsuits. Lawsuits. Uh, one lawsuit was against uh, actually a conservative school board, but they won on freedom of speech. Go back to the last couple episodes and listen to those. They're pretty entertaining, especially the one about Newburgh schools. Here we go. What are our rights? We receive inquiries daily from parents all over the United States and beyond, and they find us because of our name. It is the issue now and has been for decades. Where did it begin? In 1989, the United Nations adopted the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, an international agreement on childhood. Enter UNICEF, United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund. For over 34 years, the UN has been evaluating, questioning, and influencing the relationship between parents and their children. It is a global move only one world government can enforce. Now, here are some examples 
of child rights that appear on the United Nations website. I watched a video that they created directed intentionally for grade school age children, young grade school age children. And in that video, and they're talking about rights that children have. Well, in this country, the parents are in control of their children until they are 18. They are not only in control of them, but they, they, it is like a, the smallest unit of government in our country. The founders knew and respected the proper role of the family, mom, dad, and children, and the responsibilities of dad, the responsibilities of mom, but also the fact that their responsibility included not just raising their children, but encouraging them and, and developing them into good citizens of the United States. Child rights in this UN film, they list, among many other things, identity. Children have the right to their own identity. An official record of who they are, which includes their name, nationality, and family relations. No one should take this away from them. But if this happens, governments must help children to quickly get their identity back. That's kind of scary, isn't it? Knowing what we know about new term identity in relation to gender, sexuality and gender that's taking places in our schools today. Families are literally being threatened to lose their children uh, because they don't affirm what the child has decided his identity, his or her identity is. Then I jump to item number 17. Again, one of the rights that was promoted in this film, access to information. Children have the right to get information from the internet, radio, television, newspapers, books, and other sources. Uh, you mean like TikTok? Adults should make the information they are getting is not harmful. Do you see they're saying that that's the only criteria, that it's not harmful? Well, who decides what harm is? Continuing on, governments should encourage the media to share information from lots of different sources in languages that all children can understand. This is what the globalists have been striving to establish for decades. And now students are encouraged by K through 12 schools to think for themselves. Choose trusted adults, usually a school teacher or counselor, but at the very last, their parent. Enter my generation as a parent. When our children were in school in the early 90s, remember UNICEF was started in 1989, parents' rights was an issue. Now it's a crisis. Public education bureaucrats want to control our children. They do believe parents are incapable of raising their own children. Or at least that's their excuse for usurping our rights. Familiar with the documentary, Whose Children Are They? I served on a local school committee 
wrote an op-ed that appeared in the local Tiger Times. It was about the district adopting a, quote, character curriculum, unquote, without parent input. I stated in my op-ed, they should be included because these are other people's minor children. The next morning was our monthly meeting with the middle school principal. He walked into the room with the Tiger Times, the local newspaper, rolled up tight. And he raised his arm and slammed it down on the table and shouted to our small group that was about four people, these are our children too. Oh my gosh. Of course, we were all speechless and I took copious notes and I have continued to tell that story again and again. Why? Because it is an indication of their mindset. And this principal considered himself to be, um, you know, a conservative Christian. Constitutional conservatives have been battling the UN's definition of rights all along. The main issue politically is globalism versus national sovereignty. In February 2018, exactly five years ago, and only two weeks after I decided to take this role as Executive Director for Parents' Rights in Education, I testified at a Tiger Tualatin School District school board meeting against the addition of reproductive health care at the school-based health clinic on the two high school campuses. Here we go. This is what I said. Superintendent Brown, school board members, and members of the Tigard-Tualatin School District community. I have lived in Tigard for more than 40 years. My husband and I have three grown children, all graduates of Tigard-Tualatin School District. Now, six of our grandchildren are in the same school system. Two are freshmen at Tigard High. I care deeply about young people, their safety, and their education. But more than that, I care about the protection of the family and their rights. Like all well-meaning programs in our government schools, there may be unintended consequences which undermine the relationship between children and families. For decades, there has been a tug of war between the public school bureaucracy and parents over what students are taught And now there is another effort to step beyond that realm into health. A very dangerous leap. Who decides what medications a minor should ingest? The state or a legal guardian? And who is responsible when choices made go sideways? Yes, there will always be undeserved or disadvantaged students and families in our communities. Local social service agencies are available for them. But the question has more to do with parental rights and the proper role of a school. Surely you are aware the teen years are almost synonymous 
with rebellion. All parents want to be involved in health-related decisions. What about those so-called good families whose kids will be able to avail themselves of school-based health clinic services on the high school campus? They won't need to honor their parents, will they? Especially if they know parent approval is not required. I urge you to take heed of some pertinent facts related to this decision. TTSD is responsible for the well-being of all students. All school districts are bodies corporate. The district school board is authorized to transact all business coming within the jurisdiction of the district and to sue or be sued. You can be sued. That is Oregon Revised Statute 332-072. School-based health centers have unprecedented access to students for services provided or referred. Parental knowledge or consent is not required. That's ORS or Oregon Revised Statute 109.610. And 640. 14-year-old students can receive mental health services, which could include counsel related to gender transformation. Minors may seek help from a psychiatrist or psychologist, mental health therapy from a doctor or social worker, without a parent's knowledge or consent. Oregon Revised Statute 109.675. A well-child visit at a school-based health clinic, according to the Oregon Health Authority's Adolescent Well Care Visits, must include a physical exam, which also includes a genital exam. Just imagine that as it applies to your 10, 11, 12-year-old daughter. Even though well-meaning schools wish to monitor the services provided on their campuses, you know, by setting up an oversight committee, school-based health clinics adhere to the same laws as a community provider or family physician. The fact is, certified school-based health clinics cannot be tailored to fit the wishes of the community, like our public school system or our school board. Any policies developed at the school board level will be pointless and impotent. If the school district decides to go forward with the plan to offer sexual health-related services and referrals, you will likely be exposed to objections and possible issues and controversy as the community becomes more aware of the implications for their children related to the school-based health clinics. In closing, I encourage you to concentrate on the obvious role of the schools as stated in ORS 332-072. Quote, Pursuant to law, district school boards have control of the district schools and are responsible for educating children residing in the district.
In addition to these three-minute comments, I included in my printed letter to the Board of Directors a list of state statutes pertaining to the role of the school and parental rights. And after the vote was taken, and all members voted yes, including the two conservatives, one whom I had counseled for over an hour the day before, the board president made a declarative statement. Quote, Our schools are not educational institutions. They are social service agencies. Unquote. Another statement by an education bureaucrat that seems evident by their actions, but it's rare when they actually admit it publicly. (laughs) I love this. Parents do have rights. They have natural rights and they have constitutional rights. When your baby is born, everything changes, doesn't it? Suddenly the world gets serious. We start paying attention to what's important and how our children will be impacted by what they are taught. The heart of a school is the curriculum. Now, there are many activists out there who are submitting parents' bills of rights to their legislatures. And in most cases, these are redundant. And the politicians are doing it for publicity. It's a marketing strategy. We don't need to pass a separate parents' bill of rights. The internet is full of United States state and local statutes supporting your parental rights. Our U.S. Constitution already covers it. And if you check into your state law, you will find multiple statutes allowing for parents to access curriculums and weigh in on policy decisions at the school board level. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled five times in favor of parental rights, overturning state control of children. This is one ruling, quote, the child is not the mere creature of the state. The state of Oregon, by forcing parents to place their children in public school, unreasonably interfered with the liberty of parents and guardians to direct the upbringing of their children under their control, unquote. That is Pierce versus Society of Sisters. Now, these rulings by the Supreme Court are at the very highest level. They apply to you and me now. According to the ACLU, all kids living in the United States have the right to a free public education, And the Constitution requires that all kids be given equal educational opportunity, no matter what their race, ethnic background, religion, or sex. What we are seeing today is blatant verbal and discriminatory attacks on certain people groups based on sex, gender, sexual orientation, which of course includes heterosexuals. We have a sexual orientation, don't we? Race, that's about skin color. And the last time I looked, white is a color. And then religion, which includes Christian, Muslim, Jewish, you know, our religion. It's protected, just like your race and your sex. Now, these are the very issues that progressives are claiming they support. 
However, they are actually practicing discrimination, aren't they? So let's summarize. Who is responsible for defending our rights? Is it the President of the United States? Well, yes, we do hope that the President upholds our rights. But what about at the local level? What about in your local school district where you live? Is the president responsible for coming to your your town or your city and defending your rights as a parent? No. We are the local citizens, people who have, you know, skin in the game and and an eye on their local government. So think of it this way. If somebody is speeding or selling drugs in your neighborhood, what do you do? Well, you're going to report them, aren't you? You're going to say, "Hey, no way." Not where I live, not in my neighborhood. That's illegal. Same thing is true about stealing your rights as a parent. It's obvious we have to do something about local and state legislators and bureaucrats from passing unconstitutional laws in the first place. But even better, we have to change those who are making decisions for us. And what does that mean? That means win elections. And how do we do that? Well, we expose the truth. Other people need to know what we know, because if they don't know what we know, they're probably not going to vote as we would encourage them to, correct? They're not going to know what's going on. They're not going to know what the problems are. So we have to talk about it. That means speaking up, writing letters to the local paper, speaking up at school board meetings, talking to your friends, anybody who will listen. And that's what we're doing as an organization. We're training parents and citizens to testify and expose what is happening in their districts. We also need to challenge the law. And, you know, that may mean having a local uh, attorney write a letter. Because if you can provide that attorney uh, statutes that are on the books in your state, help them out. Show them the statutes and have them write a letter to the district saying, wait a minute, cease and desist, stop this. You can't do that. And lastly, challenge the school boards by replacing woke directors. Parents' Rights and Education also has an online training track, How to Run for the School Board. So I hope this has been helpful to you. Go to our new website, check out these courses, and gear up, because this is just the beginning, guys. And we want you to establish local as well as state leaders Um, When I say local, I'm talking about school districts primarily, but you can plan a a local uh, group anywhere you are. And of course, we're looking for state leaders. We have them in many states, but um, in some states, we need multiple state leaders. Uh, For example, Texas, (laughs) we could could use probably 10 state leaders in Texas because it's like 10 states. It's such a large area. But we encourage you to join us. Uh, go to our new website, parentsrightsandeducation.com and sign up. Give us your feedback. We would love to work with you. This 
is parents' rights. Now, please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Please consider making a monthly contribution to Parents' Rights in Education. We need your help. We have big plans in mind. And because of a very generous one-time contribution of $25,000, we are challenging our listeners and our readers, all of our supporters, to match that. Gives $12 a month. If there were only 500 of you, that would tally up to $6,000 a month, almost tripling the $25,000 check we just received in one year. Be part of that club. We call it the 12 by 12 club. A link to our website is in the show notes or go to parentsrightsined.org. See you soon.